What are you doing in one hour? Drizzly, you're getting your favorite beer, wine, and spirits delivered right to your door from Drizzly. Drizzly is the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. Right now, Drizzly is giving new customers $5 off their first order with code FAST5. Go download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And use promo code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. I'm not gonna wait. I started the music. Oh my god, check it out. Drinking with Gary and Ellie. Drinking with Gary and Ellie. One hell of a show. Oh boy. Elliot, when that fresh-faced Will Matthews walked in this door, I said to myself, now there's a man with a fresh face. The freshest. The the first thing you notice about him, Mm -hmm. how fresh his face is. Yes. The second thing you notice, yeah. How warm his heart is. Oh, yes. Fresh-faced, <laughs> warm-hearted Will Matthews. Yeah. He's here. He's sitting to my left. Yep. And yeah. my right. Yeah. He's, right in, in between In us. both locations. Yes. At the same he's time. in two locations that way. He's a, he's a double threat. Yes. Elliot, uh-huh. I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to ask him about his uh, his blue shirt. Mm-hmm. I always notice people's shirts. Yeah. That's true. You're a shirt noticer. <laughs> I won two awards for that. <laughs> I can't wait to ask him about something called the Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. It's back, fool. Dark Crystal, Age, Age of, Resistance. of the Resistance. That's what you're talking about? It's back, yeah. fools. Yeah, it's back. But, but before I do, mm-hmm. we got to we gotta start the show. Okay. We got to do it. Okay, don't twist my arm. I'll I'm just, just do it. I'm just saying, legally yeah. you're bound. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Elliot, <laughs> Gary, let's get her getting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, Gelfling, <laughs> Gelfling and Skeksis. Oh, mm, oh welcome. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. I am your host, Elliot Blake. Sitting across from me is my Aqua host, Gary Anthony Williams. Oh, it feels good, Elliot. Yes, you might not know this about me, but I'm a puppet loving man. I, you know what? I, th- I did lie. know that. Did I you did, really? I did know that about you. Yeah, we've discussed it. I feel like at some point, uh, did you did you uh, do some work at the Center for Puppetry Arts in, in beautiful, in, in beautiful Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia? Georgia? Yeah, where they where Jim Henson left a lot of his puppets. Yeah, but this man next to me. Yeah, he's the reason that puppets are back on the air. I that is. I think he's that's the true. only reason. Yeah. Others may say something different. Yep. They're liars. Right. They're, as you would say, bold-faced, waggly-chin liars. I, that's usually how I Boldly say it. Boldly, yes. chin <laughs> Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Matthews! Oh. Hi, guys. It's so great to be here. I'm such a fan of the show. I'm oh. so excited. Well, I'm so excited. I, so clearly, you are a man of taste and discernment. Correct. So I, so I want... How, I, I, first of all, let, let, this is, I just want to preface this by saying, uh, you are the first guest that we've had on the show that neither Gary or I knew previously. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, so, this, so this is, we're, this is a, a milestone. I feel like this is kind of a milestone show for us. Mm-hmm. And we're actually very excited about it because not only because you're uh, obviously a, a man of great taste because you you like the show, Correct. but because fresh faced, yeah, and you're fresh, very fresh faced, warm hearted, and and but we're interested, we're so interested in the reason that you're here, which is because uh, because of Dark Crystal, and uh, definitely, so we want to know all about that stuff. But really, let's get to the the, the first really hard hitting question, though. Oh, let's do it. How did you discover the show? Oh, oh man. <laughs> and, oh, I didn't and, know. And, and 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 how long have you been listening? And also, thank you so much for for uh, for listening to the show. We really appreciate that. I love the show. Um, now I'm going to blow your mind. This is not the first time 
Gary Anthony Williams. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Wait a minute. Let me take off my glasses and, and smither my hands. Yes. <laughs> I'm smithering. Where did, what, what, what were we doing? I'd like to take you back. Oh. Uh, 10 or maybe even 11 years. Okay, wow. I was okay. 15. <laughs> I go back very, I, I know exactly my, my ages when I go back. Okay. Uh, so I was new to LA. Okay. I was doing a reading of a screenplay that I wrote with my friend Patricia Matthew through an NY alumni, NYU Alumni Association thing. And the screenplay was uh, Jane Austen's Emma, but with an all-black cast. So it was called Emma Jones. Oh, keep going. And you were in the reading. And you were playing sort of a supporting part, and uh, James Avery was the father. Oh, my gosh. You show up that day. James Avery wasn't feeling well, and you took on the father role as well. You were amazing. And that was so long ago. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. But because of that, you accepted my friend request on Facebook. So I've been your secret Facebook friend this whole time, following all the nonsense. So not only am I here because I love Boston Legal, not only because I'm here about Key and Peele, I'm here because I'm trying to make show business my business. Uh, Okay. I'm trying to get that class where I can learn to talk deep in my throat. Don't do this, Will Matthews. (laughs) Deep cuts are coming. Oh, man. I am a fan. Oh, this guy is legit. Yes. He's, Speaking, too, he's too legit to quit. He is. Yeah. He, he might quit, but if he does, it's on it's, his own terms. Yes, it, would be, exactly. it would be retirement. It's too legit to do uh, so. Uh, yeah. Elliot, the word legit spelled backwards is tiger, which sounds very like tiger. This guy's a tiger in the industry right now. <laughs> Indeed. He's ripping them open from the midsection and yep. eating their soft, warm parts. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of soft warm parts. <laughs> Speaking of soft warm parts, uh, let's get to this man's drink. Yeah. I'm embarrassed <laughs> by everything that's happened thus far. Oh, it's gonna get weirder. I only wish right. I was white so I could blush out loud. <laughs> what did a young William Math is it Will straight out or is it William? Will. I mean, what, what were you named, and then what did you decide to go? I was named William Joseph Matthews the Third. Oh, mm. WJ Dub, uh, WJM the Third, which is where Mary Tyler Moore worked. <gasps> sure is. Look at this. <laughs> it's all come full circle because wow. I was Mary Tyler Moore. That's amazing. Yeah, it's all come full circle now. <laughs> in, in another life. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't even know about his drink situation. Yeah, well, uh, all right. So here's how this all came together is because uh, you, you have a publicist. Yes, isn't uh, that weird? And, That's what a weird thing to have. And, but I, <laughs> I have one now. And and your publicist reached out to us uh, via our uh, email, uh, daydrinkingwithgaryandelliot at, j- at gmail.com. Anybody can email us. Um, <laughs> and should. And should. Uh, and, uh, and so... Uh, they said, "Hey, you know our our clients. Uh, Will is, is a big fan of your shows, and uh, he's a, a co-executive producer of the new, uh, the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance on Netflix, and and uh, we'd love to. It, you guys be open to having him on the show." And we said, "Well, yeah." And, uh, and <laughs> it's so, literally the newest, biggest new thing. It's the newest, biggest new. That's also a callback to one of the other great things. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and so, uh, and so, you know, so I, I'm a fan of the original movie, and so I mean, so and a fan of just kind of like this, the this type of genre material generally. And so we thought, well, yeah, of course we're going to have this guy on the show. And so I said, well, here's how it works. What is uh, what is Will's go-to drink? 
uh, because I need to know so that I can make him something that is uh, along along similar lines. And they told me a Manhattan. Correct. Okay. Correct. And that, but any bourbon drink is good. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, great. So now uh, I'm going to make it's it's really hot and it's day. Yes. And uh, so because and that's hence day drinking. And uh, I thought, well, let's because it's it's so hot. A Manhattan may not be the right uh, drink. Okay. Uh, for during the day, you are the you are the expert because it could it could make us all very sleepy. Mm-hmm. And then there wouldn't it wouldn't be that interesting of a show unless you're into maybe I guess it'd be like an ASMR thing. Like, Oh, I yeah. could I you could know? always wake Gary up with more stuff I like oh, about no. his career. Oh, that's true. I'm I'm I'm, I'm woke. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of what he knows. Yeah. So uh, I'm scared. Well, we're gonna find out. Oh, I'm gonna we're gonna no, delve no. into this. I'm gonna make sure I question him so hard he does not have time <laughs> to remember my name. All right. Well, I made um, so I thought. All right, well, let's make a let's make a drink uh, that has got uh, some uh, mixtures in it. Uh, so to lengthen it out a little bit, so it's not just so. Manhattan is a straight up booze drink. It's a spiritist drink. It's it's uh, bourbon uh, or rye, uh, depending on your on your preference, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, sweet vermouth and okay. bitters. So I uh, thought. All right. We're not going to do that because it's too hot. But we're going to, are going to do a bourbon drink, and I wanted to make something that's kind of refreshing. Okay. Uh, that we can still enjoy. And so we're going to have something uh, of my own devising that I haven't even named yet. Perhaps we'll call it a dark crystal. Oh! Um, perhaps we'll call it a dark crystal. I just realized because the stuff that we're going to make it with, which is this uh, blackberry uh, peach mint shrub, is kind of purple. It's purple. Sure is. And, uh, I it, well, it's liquid, so it's not crystalline. But, but mm-hmm. it's going to go on ice. And that is a crystal. There okay. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I made so I made this stuff. It's a a shrub, and a shrub is a vinegar based syrup. No, no, it's a plant. Well, it's also a plant. Oh, but oh, they're not. Wait, wait, it can be both. It can be both. Okay. They are two different. They are two different. The things. same way he was sitting to your right and yes. my left. Yes, a shrub can, can be, be both. It uh, can be both okay. things. Okay, we're learning. So, we're learning. So rather than using a simple syrup, we're going to use this shrub. And so this is made with with uh, uh, muddled blackberries, peach, and mint. And all these flavors go great with bourbon. And uh, so we're going to shake this stuff up with uh, some lemon juice, uh, some Cointreau, some bitters, and obviously some bourbon. Now, uh, and we're going to top it off with just a little bit of sparkling water with some Topo Chico just to kind of lighten it up, lighten it up a little bit, make it good for, for drinking during the day. Is this a tall drink or a short drink? This is going to be a short drink, okay. but with a, with a, a, uh, a frisson of fizz. Oh, we'll be having two of these because he, he be. took a car. Over. Yeah, he took mm-hmm. a car. We'll so to. and we and there's plenty of shrub. So um, now you invented this. I last night at eleven fifteen. See, as big a fan as of the show as I am, yeah. I'm not sure everyone fully appreciates that you create, you make this up. Uh, the, Why I, are we here? I, Let's put Will Matthews in front of the microphone. Yeah. Walk away for an hour because <laughs> yeah. this guy's got it all. <laughs> But he's talking about us in such nice ways that I want to sit here and hear it. It is embarrassing it, to me. It's, it's. I, I'm enjoying it. Nobody's okay. got like this. Okay. I, nobody, nobody. I don't get this kind of yeah. praise. Okay. At all. Okay. Uh, the, the it's true because yeah. half the words you said, I didn't catch any of them. Okay. Yep. And I just am smiling and nodding because you clearly know what you're doing, and I'm, I'm here to, to drink. All right. Well, I'm gonna make the drink. Okay. Hopefully, it'll be good. I mean, I haven't taste tested this. I feel pretty confident based on the. <laughs> wow. Based, so, so this could all go wrong. 
wrong. And, yeah. I, I and fully then you could just it. make a Manhattan. And we don't know. Right. Right. You still got the ingredients. Well, look, to make at, a the very, at the very least, we can have bourbon on the rocks. Yeah. yeah. I got a very a fresh bottle of Four Roses here. Which I and love. so yeah. it, uh, it's a very fine bourbon uh, and, uh, and some bitters. So, yeah, we'll be in good shape. Whatever happens, we'll be fine. Nothing so, could possibly nothing go wrong. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Nothing could possibly no. go wrong. Never. So wow. while I do this, yep. uh, I'm going to start it right now. Yep. Uh, you guys uh, can begin chitting. Uh-huh. Immediately. But you must immediately follow it with, with chatting. With the chat. Yeah, yeah. Done deal. So, and then, uh, and then I've, got my, I've got my list of questions. Oh. oh that, is, that is lengthy. No, not only yeah. that. Okay. Another special research. thing. Yeah. You, you made this drink. You've never yeah. even taste, tested yeah. before. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I have never seen you with a list of questions, but I do know this. Yes. You are not just a bartender. You're an animation producer. Uh-huh. And I'm guessing you nerded the hell out when you saw this whole Dark Crystal thing. I would say that that is an accurate <laughs> uh, description of what happened. Yes. Nerded the hell out. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. No. That. No. I think it's all good. Godspeed. All right. Godspeed. Go. Willie! <laughs> Good to see you again. Gary Anthony Apparently. Williams. Uh, my father's name was Willie, by the way. Oh, yeah? And it wasn't short for William or anything else. It was just he came out of the hopper Willie. as Willie Williams. Willie, that yeah. Was my dad. I have a friend named Johnny. Not John, not Jonathan. Nope. His name's Johnny. My mother's name was Johnny. Well, how about J-O-H-N-N-I-E. that? J-O-H-N-N-I-E. We might be the same person. I think we're going to get along. I like. I, I think we already have. <laughs> I think we've proven that we've gotten along. Number one. Congratulations, man. Thank you. How does it feel? Are you scared? No. No, because I'm not alone. Because I'm not going through it alone. There's a whole team of people. Uh, my writing partner, Jeffrey Addis, and no. I started down this road together, and we're still on it together. We're adding uh, Javier Grigio Marks Watch to the team. Thank mm-hmm. you for pronouncing that, because I have never known the proper way to of say Grigio it. Of Grigio Marks Watch? Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was that or if it was... Real mark. So I wasn't had no idea. You weren't so gonna thank take a for, chance. No, I was gonna ask how do you pronounce that? That was one of my questions. Oh yeah. so, Greed Joe. Yeah. Marks, like the brothers. Yeah. Watch, like you tell time. Yep. The hard one is Greed Joe. Greed Joe. Is Try that, to get that D that, in there. Is that is that oh, uh, uh, with a D in the middle before the well, J. Well it sounds like yeah, Greed, Greed Joe. Joe. Is that is that Portuguese? Well, he's Puerto Rican. Okay. I don't know where he stole the name from. Yeah, Greed <laughs> Joe is not a Puerto Rican name. He he tells me it came from his parents, but he's a mysterious guy. So, hmm. do you want me the same way you've been Facebook secretly there? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to go hide behind his Facebook Se- curtains? Seriously, did that freak you out like too much? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> talk deep with your throat, like uh, all yeah. that stuff. Like, wow, oh yeah, yeah. make okay. it your business, your business. Yeah, I got. Yeah. I left the jiggers downstairs, so I can't measure anything. I'm that gonna go get <laughs> that you sounds, guys. That you guys, sound racist. No, I believe in you, especially right yeah, after yeah. the business voice. That yeah. was yeah. I, put them together. Yeah, yeah. so I'll wow. be right back. I believe in you. Good luck. No, good, you. Hey, good luck. I'll, I'll fill you in on anything, anything we talk about. No, you know what? Just your love. <laughs> okay. Just your love. I'll bring it back. And my laundry. Okay. <laughs> you said you guys started this road together. Yes. Oh, but, by the way, if there were more members of the team you were about to add, I, I, we stopped you after no, this degree. Those are, that's the team. Uh, and how long ago down the road did you start on? Are you talking about specifically this project or other projects first? So uh, Jeff and I started writing together about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually went to college together but didn't know each other. Where did you go to school? We went to NYU. We went for acting. 
You were both actors at NYU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Elliot, hi. That was quick. That was disturbingly exactly. quick. Oh, wow. It really seemed like one of those sitcoms. I think he's got him hidden around the house. Yeah. He, he yeah. didn't go downstairs. <laughs> you got jiggers everywhere. <laughs> Someday when I die and they come to take all the, my stuff out of the house, they're going to be like, why did Gary have all these jiggers hidden? <laughs> yep. uh-huh. and, yeah. I, just, I, just left him, yeah. I just left him around. They're like little uh, uh, Easter eggs. He and his writing partner went uh-huh. to NYU together. Okay. Didn't know it. Didn't know each other there. Hmm. What were they doing? Writing? No, Elliot. Were they, they were acting. Acting? Yeah, just acting fools okay. at NYU. All right. So you went there. Mm-hmm. Same years? He was one year below me. And still you never really... No, I didn't really know anybody. I had two friends and I was like, I'm full up. Did you only do one man acting shows? <laughs> like I, I refuse to look at anybody else. While I'm acting? Um, I I really was focused on my friend Casey and my friend Juan. Okay. And I had my little crew. And, you know, all of Manhattan, you know, small town kid in the big city. I True. was like, nope, it's just me and Casey and Juan doing jokes. That was. Wow. Yeah. Where, where did you come from? Where were you uh, coming from? Uh, Western Massachusetts. Amherst. Okay. okay. All right. Colleges and cows. That's yep. what we have. So when did you two realize that you had had a previous almost connection? Many years later. Uh, after college, Jeff called up one day and just said, uh, I hear you're writing now. I'm writing too. We should write together. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> and he uh, he just kept going. And he said, So he did to you what you did to me. <laughs> it was the same thing. Who this? What happened? <laughs> So you, he literally called you out of the blue and said, Yeah, let's, I mean, let's we had some on. friends in common, but uh, he said, you know, we should write together. We thought we'd be comedy writers. We didn't really think that big. Mm-hmm. And he pitched me, and I was like, I don't really know. I'm, I'm doing okay. And then he pitched me an idea that I just thought was so bizarre and so funny and wow. so clever. And we just started talking, and we wrote that, and then we wrote another one. And then um, we uh, wrote another one that got us an agent and another one that got us a manager. And then <laughs> we became roommates. And then he introduced me to the woman who became my wife. And in wow. this short period of time, my life changed radically Holy because of Jeff. Crap. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, when did you? He taught me to drink. He taught you because that's, that's, that's a learned skill. Well, yes, because I had had alcohol before, but he was like, you know, they make bars. Oh, and I was okay. like, <laughs> go slow, go Where slow. Are these things? Where are they? <laughs> How does one get to these things? Yeah, and so that, so we would go to the bar and we would get cheap beer and we would just come up with story ideas. And some of them were very. We had, we had, we still play this game. We call it the game. You take, you know, a friend. And then you take a celebrity and you're like, it's a multicam sitcom, go. Oh, or, yeah. you know, it's a drama, it's a thriller, go. And we have fun and with do that. And just do a quick little pitch of what that yeah. would be like yeah. to each other. And one day we came up with an idea for Labyrinth 2. Wow. And we had a little bit of juice with a couple of things we'd sold, but nothing got made. And uh, I just called up our agents and said, I don't know, we got an idea. Call uh, up the Henson Company. This is kind of good for people to hear. You said that you, had, you guys had been writing a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Nothing had been made. Nothing had been produced and made. Correct. But you had sold some things. Yeah. So you, that you had already gotten some respect from agents, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, uh, production companies. I don't know. I yeah. don't know who had bought your studios, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a couple movies at uh, Sony. We had 
a couple TV shows at uh, Fox and Warner's, and you mm-hmm. know we were we were selling stuff. And were those still in the comedy vein? Like you guys, you said you thought you'd be doing together. We got lucky sold? early on. We never got pigeonholed. That's hard to do. It's hard to do, yeah. and it seems the only time you can do it is right at the beginning before there's any money on the line. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about the pigeonhole is yeah. there's a lot of money in there. Yeah. And so we, right from the beginning, we wrote a big action-adventure, comedy, almost parody, very silly script. And that got us our agent. And then right on the heels of that, we wrote a small, contained thriller with a light sci-fi element. And that got us our manager. And with those two scripts so close together, everyone, the team sort of got the idea that they should let us do anything. And they did. Yeah. And so... Yeah, a lot That's of the TV great. shows were, were half hours, but one of them was an hour-long procedural. Wow. So you go from that, you're doing that, but then you said, we got this idea for Dark Crystal. Labyrinth 2. Oh, we for, had, oh Labyrinth 2. Right. Yeah, we had an idea for Labyrinth 2 and said to the agents, eh, give it a shot, call them up. And so it called up uh, Lisa Henson. And she said, well, we don't really want to hear about Labyrinth 2, but we're working on a Dark Crystal thing. Do you think they'd be interested in that? And we said, of course we would. Wow. It was Jeff's favorite thing growing up. I loved it, too, but he he, loved, he it, loved, loved it. it. He followed that movie like I was on your Facebook. Like, oh, he loves that oh. movie. And so we went. We So we stayed up, and we worked really hard on a pitch for a feature sequel. Go in to meet Lisa. She says, I'm so glad you're here to tell me your idea for our prequel TV series. We said, no problem. Uh, <laughs> Here's what it is. Did Tap you play dancing. the game? <laughs> we like, we had to put a couple pieces together yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah. But that meeting went well. And then the next meeting, we went in to sort of do some broad stroke ideas. And Louis Leterrier walks in. And we're like, oh, this is a little more mm-hmm. formal a meeting. Mm-hmm. So we're like, no problem. Here's what it is. That meeting went okay. A couple weeks later, we pitched the whole show, beginning, middle, and end. You to mean, Netflix. But that whole show, that how many episodes? Is it 10? Well, this season's 10. We're this hoping season. for more. So what did you, when you went in with that Netflix pitch, what did you pitch them? They, the pilot episode? Or did you pitch the 10? We pitched them uh, 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Right. Including an ending that means a great deal to us that is not in this season. Because after we pitched that and they liked it, we wrote the pilot. And then we wrote and Louis shot a small test, like a five-minute test, really just to prove that the puppets can do the crazy stuff we were writing in the pilot. Mm -hmm. So between the test and the pilot, the show gets the green light. And then Netflix says, okay, start your writer's room. But just so you know, what you pitched us is too much. So cut it in half, and we'll call that season one. And we said, okay. That's that may be easier for you. It really did give us a lot to start with. Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning, we had some big tent poles of where we wanted to go, and then where we wanted to go after that. Mm-hmm. So we really are trying to set up everything from the beginning, and that's when Javi came in because Jeff and I with had his never... made up name <laughs> clearly he made his name up, Ellie. Right, right. And Jeff and I had never run a writer's room. We'd never been in a writer's room. And so they brought in Javi to help us. That is nuts that they let you guys get behind the steering wheel of this big car (laughs) that you had never even... You had never... Well, the car is so big, there's more than one steering wheel. Oh, so that makes for difficult driving, by the way. I don't know if you've ever done that. No, what? Multi-wheel drive? Multi-wheel driving. I haven't, not yet. 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> so Louis Leterrier was sort of, he's the showrunner of record. Okay. Lisa Henson is Lisa Henson. Yeah. So she's very much in charge as well. Jeff and I were in charge of the writer's room, but with Javi. So Javi's also in charge of the writer's room. Mm-hmm. So this process was not streamlined, but that's very much in line with the Jim Henson ethos, the Gelfling ethos, this idea of collaboration coming together to do something bigger than what we could have done on our own. And really every part of the process reflected that story. Ah. Are you about to shake? I'm going to shake. Because I have a question yeah. after your shake about the little tester shoot that they made. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh boy. There it is. Oh. That's dual fisted. Oh, dual fisting Blake. <laughs> DFB. And you got a grimace on your face. He's into it. My, He's into it. My hip flexor. Oh, that's right. <laughs> His hip went out. <laughs> We could have we could have done it for you. We could have helped. No, uh-uh. no, no, it's, oh, no. I, that's his job. I need that pain <laughs> taste in there. <laughs> Tastes better if Gary if Gary knows that I'm hurting. Tastes your pain. That's a beautiful color. Thank you. It's not very Manhattan-y colored. No, it's it's uh, it's dark crystal colored. That isn't. It's very pretty. Now you said that they did a you guys did a little test shot to prove that the puppets could do it mm-hmm. and a test shot of the pilot. Is it anything that was in the first episode? No, it was its standalone uh, little story about the scientist um, having a vial of essence stolen by a gelfling. Okay. And so they built on the Henson lot. They built a small but impressive set for the scientist's lair. And so he was a puppet, and the set was real, and then there were little puppets in the background. You always got to have that Henson-y, yeah. there's life in yeah. every corner. Absolutely. And then the Gelfling was CGI. And so really? a big part of the test was to test this theory of can you do some puppets and some CGI? Does that work together? How do Gelfling look when they're CGI rather than puppets? And it was really really a good idea to do that test and it really speaks well for netflix that they spent a fair amount of money on it because they really tested the theory and thank god they did because it turns out the cgi gelfling was not as compelling as a puppet okay. gelfling. that's what that i was, was about to that was yeah i had that same question yeah that so. was yeah because i was like i just watched yep. uh the first two i say eps at elliot you, you say, say episodes yeah. i don't say episodes I say okay eps. well you're in the business i'm in the business <laughs> and also live in sherman oaks we don't yeah, we don't we rarely finish all our words no <laughs> um, that's what I was about to say. I didn't. I did not notice that CGI element, but that's because they went, no, let's mm-hmm. go straight up handsome puppet with this. Yeah, thing. yeah, and that's very expensive and is very slow, but it really is the magic of the Henson brand. Now on the voiceover, because you're not doing what Jim himself did, which is voicing the puppet as you go, mm-hmm. because you have some very impressive actors in there doing the voiceover mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. Do you lay down the vocal before you do the puppetry or the no. vice of the versa? Yeah, it's the opposite of animation. So oh. the puppeteers do a full performance first. They're doing a voice, they're voice doing a everything. full performance. Wow. And then the actors come in. And I don't think <laughs> that was explained wow. to all of them because in animation, as you know, you yeah. come in and you do it first. You do whatever you want. And then they animate to that. So these folks are coming in and we play it on the monitor and one of them actually said out loud, wait, you already shot it. It's like, yeah, now you you have to match. They have to match the puppet lip flap. Yeah. 
was that I did were was everybody able to get on board with that or did Eventually. some people was it like, It's very hard. Yeah, that's not the same and thing. And it's very weird because these are, you know, these are big time actors yeah. and they're being told you have to match this rhythm. Not your rhythm. Wow. Someone else's rhythm. Wow. Because you can see when the puppet takes a breath. You can yeah. see when the puppet looks to the side. You can see when they're speaking very quickly or when they're sort of slowing down. Yeah. And so a lot of acting choices are made. By the by the puppeteer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Elliot. Now, right. Oh, now there's a little sprig of mint. Yeah, there's a little I'm sprig of mint in this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh-huh. Ooh, right. It smells delicious. And I know we're going to rename it. It may be called either the Dark Crystal. If it's good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if or it could be called M uh, WJM. Okay. The uh, WJM. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, if it's bad, we can just call we, it. Uh, yeah. We'll call it. Oh, let's cheer. drink bourbon. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, my friend. All right. Here we go. Oh, that's very good. I don't think you have anything to be upset. Oh yeah, that's about. Not, that's good. I. I, I it I, is. I, it's I, like a summery Manhattan. It's lighter. It's a little more refreshing, mm-hmm. but it still has that bourbon. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's a, it's like a, it's, it's a little bit of a whiskey sour. Well, hmm. I, I tell you, I have the, that vinegary there, taste yeah. in there. Yeah, you got that so, from the shrub. I'm not a fan of whiskey sours, but I am a big fan of this. Yeah, well, there's more going on than in, in just a, in a straight sour. There's more. So going there's on. just more going on. You've put a lot into our mouths <laughs> I and, and I our did. minds. I did. So well, I'm pleased that this came out. Uh, thank yeah. you for being my thank you for being my guinea pig. So this is congratulations. Either be called, thank you. This is either going to be called the Dark Crystal then, yeah, mm-hmm. or the W J M two. M two. Well, do you, uh, this should be your choice yeah. to name right now. Well, I, how about this? Because it is so good for day drinking. Mm-hmm. How about the Summer Crystal? Oh, oh. all right. The summer it's crystal. Summer. Write her down. I, I'm writing it down. He right just now. did another one of the game. He, right. he made the pitch. <laughs> the summer crystal. Here's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's two guys. Yeah. One falls off a boat, and that's it. Oh, it's a, it's a short. <laughs> <laughs> it's very no. That's that's a two hour movie. <laughs> it's the falling that takes so long. It's a it. very tall boat. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the falling that takes. Um, I was talking about the cast. So I am I am on the internet movie database right now. Looking at your series cast in here, I've never heard of any of these people. Is it is it Merrick Hamill? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merrick oh. Hamill. Yeah. One day we just walked out into the street and started screaming, "Who can do a voice?" And Merrick Hamill. Merrick oh, came up. He he performed under the name of Mark Hamill. Oh, that's mm. right. Oh, yeah. Listen, he is a machine. Mark Hamill's amazing. He is incredible. Yeah. He's so, amazing. Our goal, Jeff did most of, Jeff and Louis did almost all of the voice recording stuff because they were in London. So I did some um, when people were based in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark Hamill is one of the, the LA folks ones? I got to work with. Wow, that's and awesome. he, and like, so they tell me, you know, the goal is about 50 cues a session. I think Hamill did like 120, Be- 140. Because I think what a lot of people forget about Mark Hamill is... He's not just an on-camera dude. He is now a voiceover. Yeah, I, mean, I use the word juggernaut. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. I think that's accurate. Okay. Yeah. That's what he is. Yep. He's a freaking tank, and he's ridiculously talented. Ridiculous. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he's not only doing the voice, but he's doing the mouth flaps. We call them mouth flaps. Yeah. It's a disturbing term. Yeah. If the drink (laughs) didn't taste good, I was going to pitch mouth flap for it. it, Wait a minute. No. The summer crystal works. Oh, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard, and he makes it look easy because he comes in, and he just does it. I mean, he just does it. Yeah. And then he just does it over and over again. Yeah. He had a lot of words. He had a lot of, I mean, the scientist has a lot of highfalutin yeah. nonsense words. Yeah. And he just banged them out. Incredible. Yeah. He's a talented, let me tell you, the, when I first met him, I didn't know he was who he is. Yeah. And we became friends pretty quickly. And he goes, hey, I'm shooting this movie. Do you want to be in it? It was a movie he had written called Comic Book the Movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then... I find out who he is. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Wait a minute, wait a minute though. Because I don't know, I only know him as Mark. Like we sit around the voiceover right. department all the time. And I knew him as Mark. But you didn't recognize him as Luke Skywalker. No, because look at Luke Skywalker as a little baby faced mm-hmm. will yeah. of, a bo- of a boy. Yeah. And then you see Mark Hamill. Now he's a full grown bearded man. You know, he's lived life. Yeah. No, I, I, there's no way I would ever put okay, together that. Okay, because I bumped into Mark Hamill in the Hanna Barbera parking lot when it was still Hanna Barbera, and uh, and I was and like, you did, and I I I I didn't purposely bump into him, but like, I, like with your car, with my I ran him over. Oh yeah. God! So, yeah, yeah, but not purposely. Not purposely. Oh, I just fine. wasn't yeah. paying then attention. No, but I, I I was getting I was coming out and he was walking in. And I think he actually was parked like right next to me. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's Mark Hamill!" Like I immediately knew that that was Mark Hamill. I didn't, and 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 of course I had to say hi because you know Star Wars. So yeah. like, well, you know, I didn't have to explain anything. Yeah, he guy. Uh, he gave me one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten at e at uh, at Comic Con. He was on the panel, and they asked him, you know, why did you take this part? Because you could take any part, and he said it was the writing. I love the writing. Oh, dude. And I sent the script to my friend Gary, and I'm like, Gary Kurtz, who like produced Star Wars and Dark Crystal, don't freak out, don't freak out. And he said, I sent wow. it to Gary, and I said, what do you think? And Gary said, the script is fantastic. You have my blessing. Wow. And I was like, dude, what? You, you had to feel like you just won, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's Mark Hamill. It's it. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's Mark freaking Hamill. Yeah, yeah. And he did it, and he took it because your writing was so good. That's what he said. Did you go home and tell your wife to call you King? Thankfully, <laughs> for a year? my wife was in the room at the time, so I okay. don't know if she would have believed me otherwise. Mm. That's <laughs> beautiful. It was pretty great. So Mark comes in, he's able to knock it out with the with yeah. the lip flap. Yeah, with unbelievable. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. another good friend. Okay. Of yours. From somewhere, I, I I suppose you probably did. You know Keegan before this situation? No. no. Did you know any of the actors that you guys brought in no. there before then? No. Let's talk about who else is in it. Okay, it's, Keegan it's, Michael it's, Key is so, one, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's okay. a fantastic voice yeah. cast. Fantastic. Would you like me to start reading down some, or you want to just pop? Some I can't. Off? I I the only ones I remember off the top of my head. So, uh, uh, Taron Egerton is yep. uh, uh, Rian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's one of the leads. Yes. Uh, Natalie Emanuel from uh, Game of Thrones Deet. is Deet. Okay. Mm-hmm. From from the, uh, the the Gelfling tribe from under under the under the under the uh, from underground. Yes. And then um, Brea 
uh, right, Brea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many names. <laughs> there's a lot of names. And it's a big it's a cast. Lot of, yeah. um, uh, Brea, and i totally blanking on who. On, Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. And then you've got, uh, and then you've got all this, the Skeksis, mm-hmm. which is another just like murderer's row of people. So um, Aquafina. Aquafina. She's great. Killing it. She's Come great. On. Come on. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Simon Pegg. Yep. Here's what's fun about all this is that you would not know who, like, you, you would not know who was doing those voices because yeah. they're you, they're doing such. I mean, they're really doing voices. It's mm-hmm. not like they're yeah. not being themselves. They're really doing character. Yeah, work. they're really doing character work, and um, and you can kind of hear how much fun everybody's having. I think when you're listening to it, like those those characters are so there's so, the those the Skeksis are so much. They're they're so evil and yeah. so kind of uh, and they love know, being evil and they, they love like, being they evil. Love they, being take being such, yeah. they take such glee in it. <laughs> yeah, that that you 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 really feel it and you can see it. You can feel how much fun they're having. So there's them. I can't. Uh, uh, Mark Frost is is in it. Is uh, is he one of the Skeksis? Uh, no, Mark Frost. Or is he? Isn't he in it? All right, I might be pulling. I might I'm be. Not... I might be making up names now. <laughs> I don't think uh, you're do you mean, names. Do you mean Mark Strong? Uh, yes, Mark Strong. Yes, yes. Mark Frost was one of the the producers of Twin Peaks. That's who I was. That's okay. I meant Mark Strong. He wasn't in it. He was. So Mark, yeah, Mark Strong, and yep. he, he's the emperor. He's the captain. He's the captain. He's okay. Rand's father. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I the and then I was listening to the voice because I'm usually pretty good about like identifying voices. And I was like, well, wait a second. Now who's the emperor? Because that voice also kind of sounds a little Mark Strong, not Mark Frost. So wait, all right. So who? All right. So who's the emperor? Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Okay. So it's another. It's another British guy. With a deep voice, he's and, fantastic. And, and who's fantastic. A great yeah, I love I love that voice. I yeah. love the voice. Yeah. and he's playing so many layers because the emperor is very powerful and very strong, but secretly sick, and so he's able to play those those levels of putting a little more wheeze in in mm-hmm. private, and then when he's doing a public, you know, he mm-hmm. can have the layers of public versus private. He really did a great job. Sigourney Weaver. Right, heard. I recognize that voice right off the top. I, I have to be honest. Like I was watching it, and I got so caught up in in the visuals mm-hmm. of it, and just like watching it. Like you said, there's like a little something everywhere. Yeah. Like there's no no part of it, no part of anything left untouched. Yeah. You know, and I I was so caught up in watching everything and listening to the story that I had forgotten because normally I'm watching an animation or something like that. And it's like. You know, it's people I work with or people at least I know and respect. And I'm usually picking out voices. Oh, that's not until the end when I'm watching the credits. Mm-hmm. And I was going, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Like, I had, <laughs> I literally had no idea. Yeah. Especially because there was such great character work. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you tell me it was done ass backwards the way that you usually do it, then it's more impressive. <laughs> that character work. Though. Yeah. I mean, they really worked hard. One of the things that's the hardest to do is what's called a presence pass where you just do breathing and little you know, oh. sounds of effort. Oh, wow. And it sounds like the easiest thing because it's just breathing and little sounds of effort. And we tell them, now listen, you're going to breathe too much, you're going to get lightheaded, oh, boy, yeah. and you're going to fall down. You will. And everyone said, eh, calm down, I got it. And then they do it once, and they're like, yeah. I need a break. Yeah. I, need, I need to sit down. It's it smart to do that stuff sitting. It literally is smart to do that stuff sitting down. 
if it's any of that that physical exertion uh, or running stuff with the panning, like you will get like, <laughs> like, and there's a lot of that in there. There's oh, yeah. a lot of that oh, in there. Yeah. There's a lot of that texture in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Did you guys get a chance to get your hands in on any of the the visuals of it? I mean, I know it's set from from back in the day, a lot of the look. But did you guys get a chance to get any? I mean, in your writing, obviously, you're, I'm sure you're very descriptive in the script and the writing. Yes. How much of a... It's, it really is a team sport. I mean, you have Brian Froud, who is um, sort of the font of the visual landscape anyway, and, and a lot of the lore as well. And so he's actively engaged. So we would write something, and then uh, we would describe a creature that we thought we made up. And then someone would go through mm-hmm. all of Brian Froud's stuff and mm-hmm. say, oh, you mean like that? And be like, uh, oh, yeah, that's wow. fine. That's, that's fine. Or sometimes, not as often, but sometimes he would have to create something based on what we wrote. And a lot of the time he would say, yeah, but what I made is better. And we would say, yeah, because you're <laughs> but, Brian Froud. <laughs> but that, that too must be pretty impressive. I mean, that would be a good ego stroker if it's something that you thought you made up, that means that you really were in that world if he already has, oh, you mean like like this one? Yeah. I mean, you're living in that world. Yeah, well, we love it. We the, really love worlds, it. those worlds, I mean, there's, you know, you got that whole underground thing. I hate mm-hmm. to say that world because, uh, you know, you got well, different it, communities. Well, it's so, it's so immersive and so incredibly deeply thought out. Like how, uh, coming into it, like, were you already an expert on everything Dark Crystal, or or did you have to really, uh, really kind of do a deep dive into it in order to kind of get well, all of that? Well, the great thing, there are many great things about having a writing partner, but on this project, one of the great things was you had two perspectives right away. So Jeff mm-hmm. knew everything intuitively, mm-hmm. because he was such a fan. He'd watched it over and over again. He'd watched the making of more than the movie. Dang. So he just had it in his bones. Wow. I loved it, but I was more of a Fraggle Rock guy. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn. So I read everything, and I mean everything. And so you had one person who just knew it intuitively and another person who had the the zealotry of a convert. And so with those two powers combined, we could cover a lot of the ground. But we weren't alone. We had Brian Froud. A lot of people were there the first time. We had uh, J.M. Lee, who wrote the YA novels that became the basis for a lot of the starting point for the world, mm-hmm. the, the many clans, some of the characters, telling his story from his perspective with those characters and telling a similar story from a different perspective with ours. So we were never by ourselves. Lisa Henson is the keeper of the flame. Uh, her sister Cheryl calls herself the first Dark Crystal fan. Uh, mm. So it's, it really is a group effort. Wow. So when you got to all right, so just folks, if you haven't watched this, like first of all, let's just stay say right now that you really owe yourself uh, the 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 visual joy. Not, I mean, first of all, it's a great story, but just watch it and take it all in because it is freaking beautiful. I mean, it is like that world is so thought out. So mm-hmm. well thought out and so imaginative and so beautiful to look at. When you got to walk onto the set for the first time, what was that feeling like for you? It Well, the first time I walked on, so I went to, Jeff was there every day. Mm-hmm. So Jeff moved to London. He was there every day doing the on-set work. Uh, and that's not easy. 
uh, I would come and go because I had just had a child. And so the first time I went was for about two weeks right at the beginning. So things weren't really up and running yet. And so I saw, I remember the one day I walked in and I just saw all of this styrofoam. Just, I mean, mountains of it. And I thought, oh, the whole thing's a tach, uh, tax dodge. They're building it out of styrofoam. <laughs> oh, they're, they're skimming off the top. A this dodge. whole thing, we're all going to jail. That's your first thought? Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, this is, this is, we're all going down. Because it's styrofoam. The castle's supposed to be made out of stone and ancient vines, and they've got styrofoam. The next day, I mean, the next day, a day later, I walked by the same pile of styrofoam, and it was perfect stone. Oh my God. And they were cutting the styrofoam in an arc, not straight line. I mean, it's unbelievable what these people can do Did and you how go, quickly. I wrote that. You know what I mean? Like when you, you sort see of, that? You sort of have an out of body experience. Oh, wow. No, I walked in and I was like, who the hell is paying for this? Oh. <laughs> who thought this was a good idea? Uh. I mean, we had the biggest soundstage in England in terms of uh, floor space. They were low ceilings, so it's not bigger than Pinewood. But in terms of uh, just square foot, yeah, the biggest. I mean, these sets were, were huge. I mean, huge. And so it's completely overwhelming. There's hundreds of people working on it. They're all the best in the world at what they do. They all love Jim Henson and the Dark Crystal. And that that working together, that everyone doing it out of love and as hard as they can is overwhelming. And so you go by and you're like, here's the person who makes the, the spoons. And you're like, she just, she just lays out like a couple dozen spoons. Like that's what she's she like, do, her yeah. job is making those spoons. What do, you, what do you think? And I'm like, each of these yeah. is a work of art <laughs> that she made by hand. Wow. And she's like, well, I got a million of them. You go by the hair department. There were there were three people whose only job was wigs. Yeah. Wigs. Wigs for puppet wigs. For puppet puppets. wigs. Yeah. yeah. And they're great because they don't complain when you pull their hair. Yeah, sure. And so she shows me the three wigs for the three princess sisters. And she says, now you'll notice that each of them has a different hairstyle uh -huh. representing their different way of being a princess. And I was so moved because not only did someone read the scripts, yeah. but took it seriously and put the character in the back can of I, their head. Can I say this right now? Um, they want, they turned, a, there was a shot behind their back and I saw this braiding and I was like, literally, I swear to you, I was like, oh, look at that. Like I was looking at the <laughs> different, like it was, it really, like just you saying that yeah. was like, yeah. I remember going, oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that. It's like, amazing. I would never have been thinking about It's that attention to detail that makes that world yeah. feel real. But the second time I walked on set was months and months later. And so everything was up and running. The sets were, were full force. And I walk into the Stonewood set, which I think was the biggest one. And it really does look like a magical forest. It really is just overwhelming and huge. But, you know, Gelfling are about two, three feet tall. They're small. My little girl was about two feet tall. So when she runs onto the set, and it's so big, she can run down the set. And all the doors, all the chairs. Oh, it was built for her. Everything looks like it was built for her. Oh, my gosh. And look, look what daddy, that, yeah. don't ask me for another birthday or Christmas present. <laughs> look what daddy has built for you. Look at this. Yeah, so that was pretty magical, seeing my little girl Running in a magical in forest. That magical forest that you have now helped to bring help to bring i know you won't you you dodge a lot of credit here i can see that you are a dodger but that you definitely have helped bring back to life all right so talking about bringing back to life 
like let's let's just step back a little bit because I think not everybody uh, that's listening to the show is necessarily like uh, remembers that uh, the original Dark Crystal movie and kind of understands kind of like this how how big this world is. So can we let's step back to to 1982. Okay. That's when the original Dark Crystal came out. Mm-hmm. And it's got ardent fans and I think over oh, and, and and I saw it when it came out. Um and I remember really liking it. And but I I also was um I was like complete like Star Wars was the beginning and end for me. And so I was so I was like, "Oh wow, it was really cool." But I didn't I didn't really think about it again until in in any like substantive way until i was like i read that the show was coming back and i thought wow that's amazing so can you take us through kind of like what what's i i think the history of the of the story of the dark crystal so like so there's this so there's the movie and then mm-hmm. now we've got a prequel se- uh, mm-hmm. series and so can you give us just like a, a quick like uh for the uninitiated what what are they what are they getting into when they when they start when they jump into this you mean in terms of story in terms of the story yeah like the lore like who are the the characters (laughs) like who are these characters like what who are the gelfling related to the skeks you know like and and the skeksis like what what is this world what is this story and what is this world about okay which is not too big of a question (laughs) uh so thra is a peaceful idyllic uh unspoiled landscape and at the heart of Thra is the crystal of truth Uh, Thra yearned to see and hear and feel and so the crystal and Thra gave birth to Agra so Agra is the crystal and the crystal is Thra and Thra is Agra and Agra is the crystal so Agra walked Thra healing uh, seeing feeling for and as the planet and she was mother of all the creatures, but uh, closest to her heart were the Gelfling. The Gelfling are a peaceful, adorable, loving, little elfin-type group. And then I'm going to be a little vague so that people can discover sure. different truths sure, sure. at their own speed. But eventually, the Skeksis came. And the Skeksis came as conquerors they came as colonizers but they offered so much in return we can teach you (laughs) we can help you don't you see we can give you civilization all we need in return is just a pittance just give us the crystal and so to Agra they offered specifically uh, riches beyond riches they offered her knowledge they said this is just one planet of many in a cosmos vast and unending, and you could learn those secrets for yourself. And so Agra turned her eye to the cosmos and away from Thra. And as she went into sort of her version of slumber, the Skeksis consolidated power, hid the crystal, and sowed seeds of discord amongst the Gelfling, making the Gelfling think that all of this was their idea, and that the Skeksis were benevolent rulers who only had their best interest at heart. Very good. I know what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) That pitch you just gave us, how much of that kind of thing did you take into the room with you when you pitched this? Mm -hmm. Or did you build more on, you already know the background of that story. Let me tell you what's going to happen next. 
Um, I have a lot of theories about pitching, and one I of like them. I like to hear them, and I'm <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Because different people pitch I pitch ideas very differently, uh, and I would like to know because obviously this was a very successful situation for you. It worked. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear your theories about pitching and how you made this one happen. Well, uh, when you have a partner, um, a lot of times the easy what seems obvious, the thing to do is sort of a ping pong pitch where you go back and forth, you pass the ball back and forth quickly. That feels like a lot of energy, that feels like a lot of fun, it feels like a lot of jokes. But I find it's too much information for the person to take in. Mm -hmm. And you have to think, what is the goal of pitching? Mm -hmm. Is it so that they think you're funny? Is it so that they think you're likable? I think the goal of pitching is to get the job. Mm -hmm. So I want to put out the information in a way that is easiest to take in. Yeah. So when Jeff and I pitch, it throws people off sometimes, but he does the vast majority of the talking mm -hmm. because it's easier to take in one voice. And I want you to take in the information and not feel overwhelmed, especially with so much information in a mm -hmm. fantasy pitch. Mm -hmm. right, right. So I'm trying to streamline the experience for the person hearing it. So uh, it also lets you sort of be the net for your partner. Yeah. So he's got all the attention. So no one notices that I'm checking the notes. They're watching him, and he's telling a story, and he's very good at it. So no one notices me over here just checking, and then I can just lob one in if he forgets a yeah. name, if he forgets a plot point that's important. And so he's not alone, even though it looks like he's alone. So with this pitch, we did not assume that they knew the lore, even though we knew for a fact that they did. We still pitched it because mm -hmm. we want to come in with communicating the first thing you want to communicate is it's going to be fine right <laughs> i know what a I'm doing. lot of people come in to try to fool the person with the pitch <laughs> trick them <laughs> if i talk fast if i do a joke uh, i'll get that money uh, and you want to come in and be like now listen you can't say all this out loud but your tone is some version of i know you think you're going to be fired any minute i'm here to help mm -hmm. i know your boss spent a billion dollars on a comic book and no one knows how to turn that into a movie I'm here to help. Mm -hmm. And so with a huge project like this, a lot of money on the line, a lot of years of development. Right I mean, on. 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. people have been doing some version of Let's Do Dark Crystal. The first thing you have to communicate is, it's going to be fine. The second thing you have to communicate is, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And so you want to bring the same speed, the same energy, the same tone to your pitch that you would to the show. Mm -hmm. So this is a grand epic show. So mm -hmm. you tell a grand epic story. You don't do a lot of jokes. Mm -hmm. And so we did give very little upfront lore because you don't want anyone to tune out. You start giving too much. Well, you know, there was a ring and then there were hobbits and that you just want to get right into there was a war. And the bad guys were doing this and the good guy. So that's you know how you do Lord of the Rings. So we would go, we went in and we said, here's a little bit you need to know about the world. Here's why we like the show. Start with why you like it. Add the next layer, why other people might like it. Mm -hmm. But don't skip over that first layer. Mm -hmm. Why do you like it? Why mm -hmm. do you want to make this show? And then they'll want to make the show. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the details. Here's the characters. Here's the world. Here's the plot. Mm -hmm. And then we, in this case, we did a rather long pitch, longer than you would do for a half hour. So how, how long would you say you were in that room with those guys? I bet the whole thing took less than an hour. I would say of that hour, Jeff and I spoke for half. 
and everyone else spoke for half. Okay. And were the, most of the speaking were questions about yeah. the world, how you envisioned it? Yeah. yeah. So Lisa does a little setup. You know, here's why I'm excited. Louis was there. He does a little thing. Here's why I'm excited and why this is possible. Mm-hmm. And that's really just setting the stage. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff and I come in and say, here's what you are really buying. And then, you know, Netflix asks one or two questions, mostly about timeline, how, you know, pr- producer stuff. And then you just sit back. Right. The other thing is don't, you don't have to be in charge of every moment. Mm-hmm. When they start talking about money, you let Lisa handle that. Yeah, That's right. not your job. Yeah, no. That's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How are you going to shoot this? I don't know. You yeah, turn to Louie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to guy. do everything. You just do your part. Right. And uh, so, that, so that's what we did. And they liked it. Now, I know you have a uh, background in acting, and so does Jeff. Uh, how much do you think that figures into your process in the pitching process? I think a great deal. I think a lot of writers, from what they tell me, it, it it's very nerve-wracking. And it is not fair. Your job as a writer is to write, and now all of a sudden you're being asked to perform, to sell. Mm-hmm. And that's a different skill set, yep. and that's not fair to be put on you, but that's the gig. If you want to be in charge, that's the gig. Mm-hmm. And you can learn that. And there are different ways to do it. You don't have to do a dog and pony show. You don't have to do it like an actor. You don't have to have that level of energy. But you do have to have that facility with the material, you have to have some amount of connecting to the person you're talking to, even if it's just, oh, my God, I am so nervous, but we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. You can have notes. You know, you don't have to be memorized, but you have to communicate either loud or soft this idea of, I got it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, t- the, what you're saying, the putting, the putting them at ease of, this is I know, what you just said about. I know your boss has spent a lot of money on this. We're here to we're here to help you. I That's love right. that idea of putting that putting them at ease of. Okay, I think this guy can do it. That's, yeah. that's a smart idea. That's right. And a lot of that putting them at ease is about making them understand that you you know what you're talking about, like that you have a facility for the material and a connection to the material that you're pitching, like you said, and that you are a capable human being. And, and so, so if you can talk to somebody rationally and not come across as a crazy person, <laughs> then that goes a long, that goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a long way. And if you so, can add to that, that you know a way to do it, yeah. and then not the only way to do it, right. that would be the next layer mm-hmm. of you know, collaboration. Because you are going into someone and saying, please give me $100 million and a staff of 200 people, and I'll just handle it. Now, we weren't the showrunner on this particular show, but usually when writers go in, that's really the ask. Right. Mm-hmm. I would like to be the CEO of a company tomorrow, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so you have to communicate, I will ask for help when I need it. I will delegate as necessary. And that can start with just talking to one person in one room. Now, I know you have more Dark Crystal questions. I just wanted to ask <laughs> one more pitch please. question. Yeah. Uh, you were saying, like, in this, you... To make sure you did that big epic painting for them to get that mood and the epicness of it. If you were doing a, a, a patter buddy comedy, mm-hmm. would you still let one of you take the reins and the other be the catcher? Or would you do more of the back and forth stuff that you might see in that comedy? I would probably still, I might go 80-20 on that one, but I would still have the majority of the information come from, from one, one voice. Okay. I'd have maybe a few more jokes, but when it comes to plot, when it comes to this and then this, that's where people get lost. Mm-hmm. 
now in a comedy, I would probably talk more about character because usually that's what's fun. Mm -hmm. That's what you want people to start thinking about casting. Mm -hmm. And the plot is usually less important in a comedy. It's that banter. It's that feel. Mm -hmm. So I would, I might have a little more banter there, but in the banter sections, the the key is to be clear about what you're doing when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in the character stuff, yes, but in the this, then this, then this, no. Very good. Elliot, please, I don't want to stop you from, you have very well, impressive I, questions. I have very impressive questions. Oh, yeah, there's a list. But you know what else there is, Gary? What? There is a, a, a moment here that we got to take, a little a little break to for our sponsor. Okay. And do you know who our sponsor is? Uh, us. It's us. Yeah. It's us, because we don't have a sponsor. Um, so, <laughs> so, but I just wanted to take this moment. We don't need a sponsor. We don't need a sponsor. No. We do this. We've for, got this. We do this for love. As, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but if you want us to continue doing this, there's a few ways that you can help. One way is uh, to if you're just coming to the show because uh, you're a big Dark Crystal fan and uh, uh, and you want to hear everything that Will has to say. Uh, one thing you can do is is hit that subscribe button. Whether you're a Gelfling or a Skeksis or oh. a Podling, oh, I don't care what I'm you a are. Podling. I'm a Podling. I don't. That's right. I'll probably tell you. Yeah, but and and whatever device you're listening on, and I assume on Thra that they're all listening to podcasts that. Uh, you should hit that subscribe button. That I've done us. it. I've done it. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Feels living good. Proof. Feels good. Proof. It feels good. You, you yeah. probably wouldn't even have your job now had you not started listening to Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. I that, seriously doubt that. That's no, probably. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I don't think there's any chance. So that helps us yeah. find great listeners like Will, like you guys. And then the other thing that you can do is uh, go on Apple Podcasts, uh, on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever you listen. And give us a star rating. And uh, Gary, the algorithm has changed once again, what? and you can, the maximum number of stars uh, is now five hundred and one. That's a lot. It's a lot of stars. We would gladly take all of them. So give us a star rating. Leave us a review. Uh, that helps uh, support the show uh, in in more ways than you know. And uh, and that is uh, and that's and that's the break. That's the word from our. That sponsor. was a great mid. Thank you. Mid, that, that was, way past mid. Show way break, past mid roll, but but, but a but really a great, good one. Great break. But it, all right. So now now, now if we yeah. if we're doing round two, yeah, should we do round two? Oh, oh. that's up to you, my well. friend, because I have nowhere to go. <laughs> you, you know, they sent a car. Yeah, they sent you a car. <laughs> I'm looking at my text right now. I think my my wife is picking up my child. Uh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. They'll be back in the space in 40 minutes. He's out doing robots today. Now, is he building? Is he fighting? He's, uh, he's, my son and Elliot's son are both, uh, coders. They're both robots. They're both, yeah, they're both robots. Yeah. We found uh, this lovely mechanical <laughs> dating service where we date mechanical women. Oh. Yeah. Your wives are robots as well. Uh, our wives are robots. Good job. My, my wife is not We should have, we should have been better. <laughs> I'm just going to get yeah. right out there. My wife is not a robot. She's a lovely flesh and blood oh, human being. You always do this standing I, I, up for your wife. I, because she is the best part of of, of Oh, my, God. Of You're gross. Uh, I know. I mean, you so, have That's a, sweet. He, that's, I know, Gary. But please ask just yeah, I'm going to ask my question. Yeah, you ask my gross question. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and I love your wife for the you being gross. I know, I know. So, uh, so, um, all right. So, you know, we're so we're talking about the pitching, and and we touched on this earlier that it was uh, that they were looking for a prequel, not a sequel. Why a prequel and not a sequel? I don't know. Um, they had been working on a sequel feature for many, many years, and I think in some part 
of the back of the Henson Company's mind, they thought, let's leave that space available mm -hmm. in case that film comes back around. Mm -hmm. That's just my guess. Gotcha. I never really asked. I just was told that's the target, and so that's what I'll hit. Nope, that's fair enough. I wonder if now that they're seeing what's happening with this, because... I loved Labyrinth. <laughs> I did. I loved Labyrinth. I love, I'm sorry. I love Labyrinth. I love Labyrinth. I love Dave Bowie. So do you think that they will now go, hmm, that thing that you guys mentioned to us earlier. They've never heard it. Oh, boy. It's ready to go. Oh. Wow. But this time I want you to get in there and do a lot of patter Labyrinth. <laughs> you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. Power food. Power voodoo. I want you to just get in there real mm -hmm. quick. This I change up your pitching style. Change it up now. I want to snap. Don't do what worked for you. No, change it. Change it up. Okay. Yeah. Never go with what works. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what Elliot taught me. That's I, that's what I always <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. Never do the same thing yeah. twice. Um. Uh. Okay. So uh, another another question from the long list. Um. Did you have a favorite character to write for? Well, I did at the beginning. Um. The Chamberlain. You just cannot go wrong. Yeah. The voice is hard to get, but once you get the voice, anything he says, you're like, oh, uh, that's so deep. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so evil. Uh, oh, there's so much meaning there. Uh, and he's, you know, he says hi. And you're like, I get it. I get <laughs> it. He's talking about the whole thing. So he's great. Every line works. Um, but I tell you, the character that grew on me, I think really grew on all of us, was Celadon. Mm. Celadon did not start out as a big character. She wasn't in that first big pitch. Um, she, I remember reading Joe Lee's, I think it was second or third book and running into the writer's room and just whispering to Jeff, oh, there's a third sister. We got to, you know, just put her in that scene in the pilot. There's a third sister, whatever. Anyway, what oh. are we, what are we working on? And Louie said, now, wait a minute. There's three sisters here. Anytime there's the number three in Thra, you got to pay attention. He said, I think there's a story here with the sisters. And so the, it's a good example of how a writer's room can come together and make something better. Yeah. And so everyone was like, okay, three sisters. All right. They have different ways of being princesses. They have different ways of being daughters. They have different ways of being sisters. And so we started working with a character who is very invested with the status quo as the firstborn child. She follows all the rules. She's the golden child. She's the closest to her mother. She's the most obedient. She does what is asked of her. You might notice this resonated with me. <laughs> and I liked the idea of showing a character who did all that was asked of her. She did it very well. And this is the reward she gets. I thought that was something I hadn't seen as much. You, know, mm -hmm. you see the younger one rebelling, and mm -hmm. that's what Bray is doing, and that's great. But this idea of why is she so invested in doing what her mother wants her to do, what the Skeksis want her to do, so much so that when her mother wants her to stop, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. She's still holding on to what, no, 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 this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And just driving that home. And so Celadon really grew as a as again as a team effort. Wow. And almost a forgotten character the way you just put it. Like almost oh, there's another yeah. sister. Wait, hold oh, oh. Yeah. That's great. Now when you're writing for those characters, knowing that you're an actor, like sometimes people write with, Oh, I'm envisioning a certain voice in my head or if you're a character actor, you may be writing in that voice. How do you write? Do you write hearing a character as you're writing? Um, in a movie that would be performed by humans, yes. Mm -hmm. In this show, performed by puppets, no. Okay. I really, I don't know why I was able to think of the character purely as the character. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing about having a, a partner it can be helpful 
to agree on the Dreamcast to agree on the voice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work, but as a starting point, you wouldn't write this character for Tom Hanks the same way that you would write it for Tom Cruise even. Yeah. Right, right. And so when you're trying to get tone and this sort of same perspective as another person, that can be useful. When you have a whole writer's room and you're talking about it all day long, I didn't find it as necessary. Wow. I, I, I'm curious because when I do write, I always, I have some kind of voice in my head. I don't know what it would feel like to do what you just did. Do you, to, do you to have run. when you do you have the sound of that voice in your head? I have the sound of the that sound voice of in that my voice. Head, yeah. Not necessarily. Are you a thinking of person. people? Not not necessarily people sometimes, but at least the musicality, the sound of that mm -hmm. voice in mm -hmm. my head. You know what I think about it because I, I I know you do so much improv. One of the things I think about when you get stuck is you know if you're on a stage, somebody's got to say something, mm -hmm. and so sometimes I do think about watching it watching the show, watching uh -huh. the movie, watching it as if it were a play. Yeah. And she has to say something. Yeah. So say something, and then yeah. you can fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes yeah. I think about the performance. Elliot, you said when he came in here, he's like, he's not going to have any <laughs> good advice for anybody about anything. And I said, hold your, hold your, hold your boat, <laughs> I said. Yep. That same tall boat that the movie, the guy jumped off of. Two, uh, the two movie hours. I wanted. Yeah. That two-hour movie. Yep. And it's going to be shot in real time. We could pitch that. Oh, uh, we, well, we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's got a lot of good advice and he, ideas. It turns out he does. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, not, I take it back. I, we you know, that's a, why I listen to the show yeah. <laughs> for advice. <laughs> I'm here to help. Oh, you're here to help. Uh, uh, we got to take some of your questions, but oh, we are yeah. running long. We got to also get to the internet. All right, so people apparently had questions. One la all right, so one last question from us, and, and then and then you nope. can pretend it's somebody on the internet I'm, and just keep asking. I'm your going. Questions. I'm, I'm going to. That, <laughs> I want this to be about. I'm you. going to that there internet. You Listen, really are. Going I'm, I'm here as long as the summer crystal holds That's up. Right. So don't worry about me. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, oh, so it seems to me like my my sense of, of things as I've been kind of watched and and I've kind of poked around a little bit in the the, the internet and like some fan forums. Um, it seems like the Podlings are kind of like a fan favorite, and and uh, and Hup in particular. So, can you tell us a little bit about the Podlings? Because like they're definitely a distinct race of of, of beings from from the Gelflings. So, mm -hmm. where, what is what is their? How do they fit into that ecosystem? Uh, they are an important and equal part, as as all things are in Throb. Okay. Um, the Podlings are super fun because they're the most puppety. They are literally. Um, soft puppets as opposed to the Gelfling that are hard puppets. Mm -hmm. And so soft puppets are usually what you think of as puppets when you think of Sesame Street or Fraggle Rock. It, they're puppety puppets. Kermit mm -hmm. is a soft puppet. Mm -hmm. And so they're very fun to write for. One, because they don't speak English. So whatever you write will get translated into Podling and sound cool anyway. Uh -huh. But they're also just the silliest. And so you can throw them against walls. You can have them you know, jump into the dirt all that deterred stuff in in uh, episode three is very Hensony. I just I I think no. everyone loved writing for them, but I loved writing for them because they don't need a lot of writing. Yeah, where does their language come from? Their language in the movie was Croatian. Oh, and we really? thought yeah, and huh. the world is smaller now. Yes, yeah. it and is. You can't get away with that. People have heard of that place. Yeah, now. yeah, and we didn't want people from there. Going oh so you just you think we're a bunch of dirty <laughs> that we can throw against the wall potato people what <laughs> so we were lucky enough that J M Lee who wrote the Y novels and also wrote 
uh, episode two. He was on the staff of the show. Just so happens to have a master's degree in linguistics. Ah. And so one day we called up and said, Joe, we need a podling language. He said, give me a couple weeks. And he came back with, I mean, full grammar, pages, I mean, dozens of pages of wow. vocabulary. And he really thinks it through. One of my favorite fun facts about podling is that they have numbers one through nine. Anything that's more than nine is just called more than nine. Because podlings don't have time for all that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that level of detail and like the worst swear word is like, go take a bath because they hate taking baths. Yeah. And, you know, the second worst is uh, I hope you fly because they don't like being high up. They like being low to the ground. Uh -huh. So he thinks of these things. Then he teaches them to Victor Yard, who voiced and puppeteered Hup. And so the two of them are fluent in this language that no one else speaks. They know more about it than me and Jeff or anyone else. And they really like doing that work together. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. That's amazing. To create a whole new language. That's really something. Yeah. All right. Well, should we should we begin with some questions? Yeah, from from, from Jan Internets? Yeah. All right. I'm taking off my glasses. And first of all, serious. I'm going to pre-tell him. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. Entirely. This is fantastic, and I'm so happy for you. Before Thank we you. even start these yes. questions, yes. Thank you. Uh, uh, ditto. All right, uh, Dom of Dune at Nardy Views on Twitter uh, asks, um, "Could you, you you talked about it a little bit? Maybe we can expand that on it here. Could you talk about how the Age of Resistance fits with author J.M. Lee's uh, Dark Crystal novels? You noticed a lot of uh, uh, overlap. Uh, Dom of Dune did, but also a few discrepancy. And he loves the show." <laughs> well, oh. well, thank Des you. Despite the discrepancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, loves she loves it. Um, so the mandate from Henson Company was that in the intervening 37 years between the movie and the show, a great many additional materials have come forth. Comic books, manga, and these YA novels. Right. Um, and they all need to be considered canon. Um, and they all need to be included. They all need to talk to each other. So as we were working on that, so, like, Rianne, for example, was a character we did not create. We inherited Rianne. And so he was to be one of the main characters, and his storyline, at least for the first two episodes, was pretty well set. And so we had to include that with everyone else's story. So the way that the show talks to the novels, talks to the movie, is um, we like to say that it rhymes. Hmm. So Joe's books are the same time period, uh, some of the same characters, but their perspective. So Naya is really the lead of his second book. Kylan is the lead of his first. Naya and Kylan are in our show. They don't come in until episode four, and they're a little more tertiary, and that's by design. We wanted Joe, and Joe wanted us, to have characters who are not encumbered by the other. Mm -hmm. And so he could tell his stories, and we could tell ours, and they could weave together, and they could weave apart. And so uh, with the Gelfling, that was relatively easy. With the Skeksis, we had to do some horse trading mm. and had to have some discussions. And so at the beginning of the process, we had to fit in the books, but by the end of the show, the books had to work around us. That had changed. And that's not easy for Joe, and that wasn't easy for us, and yeah. again, everyone has to work together. So the short answer is, uh, yes, the books are canon, the show is canon. Uh, but as Obi-Wan says to Luke, many of the clue, uh, truths we cling to are only true from a certain point of view. Oh, oh well, there we go. Wow. Uh, and, and by the way, just while you look at the next question, yeah. the timeline from beginning to you guys just airing, 
Mm-hmm. How long has it, this process been for you? Four years. Wow. Wow. Elliot, I've never done anything for four years. Anything. Anything. You do You do have a son who's more than four. Oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> oh, there man, go. thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me back. I'm here to help. Earth. I'm yeah. here to help. <laughs> <laughs> I, have done, I have done something for four years. You've that's been, great, yeah. man. Four years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have been yeah. living in that land in your head and... Do you ever, like, are you, does it ever overtake your everyday life or are you able to compartmentalize? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, well, I mean, a two-year-old will wake you up pretty quick. Yep. So. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Very good. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, Edward Sanchez uh, on Twitter. Uh, uh, at, uh, at Edward is the man. He is the man. His question He's is: the man. Oh, the man. Let me sit up. Uh, the straighter. Yeah. Can be only one. He wants to know who who's your favorite character on Sesame Street. Ah, uh, this is a good question for all of us. That's very fair. Yeah, I gotta go, Ernie. Uh, Rubber Ducky, the way he tortures Bert. Yeah, He's great. I gotta go. I mean, I love Grover. I yeah. love Grover. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Grover. Grover. Super I, Grover. I gotta go, Ernie. Who you got? Ellie? For me, it's for me, it's Cookie Monster. I just love. I've always since I was a look since I was a wee babe. He knows always, who he, he is. He knows who he is. I just love Cookie Monster. His just joy mm-hmm. in of life has mm-hmm. always resonated for me. I really love him. Wow! Now you say Grover. I might. I might have to go. I might have to go Grover. But then there's something s- simple about some people like just the count. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why he gets nothing but pure joy. <laughs> Out of counting. Uh, yep. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Yep. Oh, such good memories. All right. Um, okay. So we got uh, a couple. I'm going to. All right. W.R. Miller at W.R. Miller 2. Okay. Uh, has three questions. He's oh. got. He's, he's, he was into I it. I love it. Um, uh, so we can do these kind of rapid fire. How many years slash trine does okay. Age of Resistance occur before the film? I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Okay. How many? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Good. 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 All right. Uh Uh, Okay. Uh, Maybe you won't be able to hear this one either. (laughs) Are the sets in storage for a potential sequel or have they been recycled? Uh, Most of them, uh, they're just so big. So some of them, yes. Some of them are in storage as we're all crossing our fingers for a second season but the vast majority of them aren't they're so expensive to store yeah that it turns out most of the time it's easier to throw them away and build them again and wow. you just taught us you could walk by a pile of styrofoam one day and the next day it's a castle i'm right. telling you yeah. tax fraud oh. i was i couldn't believe <laughs> what they could do all right last question from uh from wr miller uh, uh he says i noticed a way to workshop in the credits what exactly did they do cg prop construction like so, he was curious. Like it's just- I, uh, I don't know the answer to that. In the very, very opening, uh, where Sigourney is sort of taking you through, yeah, those little statues, I guess, because they're not puppets. Those little statues of Agra and the Skeksis and the Gelfling, um, I think those were Weta, but okay. I don't really know. How many times have you watched the series? A billion. Oh. A billion. And I mean the finished, not as you were working on it, but the the finished. The finished, finished. The finished, finished. I mean, you know, you're in there for the final sound, and then you're in there again for the color correct. Uh, and I wasn't in there for even all of those. Jeff was, 
Uh, Louis, of course, did all of them. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I saw, I guess the pilot I saw at Comic-Con. I saw at the New York premiere. And then my wife threw us a little party on Friday night. Nice. So I saw it again there. Oh, wow. It's like having another baby. <laughs> but this one took it, four years gestation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this one makes money rather than costing money. No, oh. babies will make you money. Oh, wait a minute. Go yeah. ahead. No, <laughs> Elliot and I both, we haven't worked since our, for 16 years since yep. our children came about. Yep. See, this is why I tune in. Yeah. Uh, yep. You got to learn. You got to <laughs> learn how to make money up there. They, 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 they did it in China. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not just young hands make beautiful things. It's not just that. I thought There's you were going to say like commercials, but you're like, no, they're build, like building they're phones. They're building things, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, so we're turning to Facebook now. Um, and uh, Michael Perry uh, uh, has a couple of requests. He says uh, a couple of questions. Uh, one, uh, did you keep any puppets for yourself? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, no. They are prepared for such an attempt. And no. Uh, oh, they're ready to stop <laughs> you at the, at, at the door. Yeah, I had a feeling. Pat you those, down. Yeah, those things are probably yeah, highly guarded. Um, uh, what was the funniest thing uh, Javi drew in the writer's room? <laughs> Javi is a compulsive doodler and eventually uh, you find it charming initially you think he's just bored with you but you come to realize that's just what he does uh, while he's thinking uh-huh. that's externalizing his internal thinking uh, the funniest thing he drew was a gelfling that looked like him oh and that was pretty funny <laughs> now, may I ask did you get a chance as a professional actor as well did either of you get a chance to lend your voice to anything in the show? You know, we thought about it. I mean, we there was a time we thought maybe we would grunt out one of the characters that doesn't talk too much, so no one would really notice. Uh, it didn't end up happening. Uh, it's a shame, really, because I love voiceover. It's, it's why I found the show, mm-hmm. is uh, I love voiceover. I used to do a little, and so it would have been fun to do. Oh, next time. Next time. Next time. That's why I need more power. you got to get all the power. Yeah. You should learn about power. I mean, you just wrote a show about a freaking powerful crystal. Yeah, it turns out there's a lot of downside. Oh, yeah, there mm. is. I yeah. did watch. Well, okay. talking about downside, uh, uh, Michael had a bonus question. Uh, how, how dark is the dark crystal on a scale of light roast to scorched earth? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Light roast to scorched earth? Yeah. Oh. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> even the most scorched earth. Yeah can still bear beautiful flowers. Oh, there you oh, see go. There, that's, that's true. And it's true. We, we, I mean, we saw that with the fires here yeah, in yeah. L.A. You yeah. go there now, oh, just lush. Yeah. Lush and ready to start another fire. All right. Um, <laughs> Dan Blake, uh, my brother, uh, because he asked a question, I feel I, I am obligated to ask it. Yeah. So, and he had a good question. He said, are the Skeksis uh, as scary in real life as they are on screen? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you a story. So we go to the, I go to the creature shop one day. So the creature shop is a real place where these magicians put this stuff together right and on. just bring it to life. And they're so humble and quiet and they're technicians and they work detailed things. And then they're just like, I don't know, what do you think about this? And I'm like, oh, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. So I remember the day we saw the first Skeksis get rebuilt. It was like half built. And we were trying to make it easier for the puppeteers to get in and out of, easier than it was in the original. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make things lighter and a little bit quicker and the entry point a little bit easier. So they were working on this very creatively. So it was about half built. And I'm standing there and I'm sort of looking around and thinking about story problems, not really paying attention. And 
a puppeteer says, all right, well, let me like put it on. And he just sort of puts it on. I kind of look over and he puts on this half built thing. And then he looks at me across the room <laughs> and he runs. Oh, wow. And surrounded by the execs from Netflix and all these super cool creature people, I screamed <laughs> oh, my gosh. and jumped out of the way because they're terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they really are. They are. Yeah. yeah. And that's how good puppeteers are. Yeah. Yeah. They just bring these things to life. I'm amazed by great puppeteers. I am such a fan of puppeteers. I I really, you know that, Elliot. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. So the puppeteers had to completely reinvent puppeteering because Louis reinvented shooting puppets. So Jim and Brian would shoot with a locked camera. Locked off frame. Basically, you, you sort of set it up, hide the puppeteers, do the bit, and then do the next one. So on day one of shooting, Louis was operating his own Steadicam strapped to him every day, all day, for the entire 10-month shoot. Wow. So on the first day, Louis takes a step to the left, and shooting puppets forever changed. The camera now moves. So the puppeteers who are watching on monitors below had to now watch on more than one. So they're relearning and they're reinventing. And they're like, well, wait a minute, but if you stand there, you can see me. And Louis says, yeah, but then I'm going to cut away. And so this whole, so the camera moves, I think, in every single shot in the show. It's really fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And that had never been done before. Yeah. And Louis changed the whole game on day one. Dang. All right. Last question. Wow. Uh, And he did it in French. Wow. And in French. That's that's harder. That's pretty good. In English, anybody could have done that. Yeah, you oh, do yeah. it in French and they're complicated vowel sounds. Yeah. Ah, oui, oui. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question uh, uh, from uh, the Epic Lloyd of uh, Epic Rap uh, Battles of History. I love Epic Rap Battles. Uh, uh, he's going to yeah. be, he's in an upcoming show. All right. So uh, he asks, uh, uh, who or how did you come up with the idea to have the, Skelf- uh, the uh, Gelfling be servants to the Skeksis in their past? Uh, was that in the original literature, or was that the new lore that was created for the prequel series? Uh, it, when you say original material, it wasn't in the movie, um, but it was by the time we came on board for the show. And you have to remember, we're talking about 15, 20 years of various forms of development. Sure. So the the sequel feature is one thing, but there were more than one versions of shows that were prequels Uh, i think there were a couple of animated prequel series ideas and so material was generated for that and though the show didn't go forward henson kept that material and liked some of those ideas and and moved those ideas forward into the books and then into our show so the idea of the seven clans the idea that the skeksis were in charge and the gelfling were cool with that I think was in place when we came on board. I think it was one of the things that we found so interesting and, and challenging. I mean, of course, the obvious problem with a prequel is everyone thinks they know how it ends. Mm-hmm. And the audience knows more than the characters. So that's such a big problem yeah. that you have <laughs> yeah. to lean into it. So that's why you create someone like Rianne, who is way in to the Skeksis rule, the status quo. Because what you can get then is uh, the audience shouting, the calls coming from inside the house. Mm -hmm. You can get them like, no, 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 you gotta get out of there. They're bad, they're bad. So when you have Brea hugging a Skeksis, the idea is to be like, 
you gotta run. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had to lean into the problem of the audience knowing more and make that heighten in the audience like in a horror movie when they can see the bad guy that the actor, that the mm-hmm. character can't. That's that's what we had to make use of. Ah, very, very cool. And make use of it, they did. <laughs> ah, did you see how I did that? That was very good, Gary. <laughs> Dude, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Do you have any time to act anymore, or are you just like, no, I'm head down, nose to the grindstone? I, w- I mean, the truth, I mean, probably no, but I love voiceover. I love it so much, and I wish I was good at it. I just, I think it's so cool what you guys can do. And uh, the little bit of, uh, of it I've done, I just loved every minute of it. Well, make sure you write yourself in next time. You have all the power now. <laughs> you have all the power. Hollywood is now yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you made... You made show business your business. <gasps> you did. You did. Yeah, it's true. You made show business your business. You there done. it is. Thank you, uh, Gary Anthony no, Williams. No, 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 no. No, thank you, my dear friend. Dude, seriously, so happy for you. When he said, wait a minute, these people reached out to us. Like, wait, what, what, what? Watch the episode. I, I was picking up my son yesterday. Yeah. I got there early. I was able to watch an entire episode while he was still in there. It's like. Perfecto. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and congratulations. Yes, totally. Thank you. Elliot? It's time for the ultimate question. It's time. The ultimate Ultimate. question. Now, you've listened to the show, so you probably know what the ultimate question is. I am am prepared. uh, Where can people find you on social media? Because you're hard to find. I'm not on social media. That's what I thought. So you were like, wait a minute. I knew. I was like, oh, my God, I know the ultimate question. Of course I do. And I'm going to let them down. But the answer is I'm not on there. You know what? You're not letting us down. No. But but I but I will ask uh, on Tuesday when the show comes out. Anybody that you know that has social media, have them plug it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was going to ask the other thing I want to ask is like, do you have anything else? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you've got this giant show that is now out. Do you, uh, 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 do you have anything else that you want to plug? Is there anything else to plug, or has it, this been? It sounds all consuming. It's such a horrible Hollywood answer, but yeah. the truth is. I can't tell you any of the other stuff. That's totally oh, that's, fine. No, that's good. I, yeah. this, you're I, a man of mystery. Yeah. Well, look, also, Gary and I are both in that and, and have, have been in similar boats. I mean, I've got two things that I can't talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I got um, a lot yeah. I can talk about, but it's nothing. I'm making it up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the opposite boat. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, okay. Gary. Yep. Your uh, socials. Uh, at Gary A. Williams on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At Gary Anthony Williams on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Blake. At Elliot Blake. E-L-L-I-O-T-B-L-A-K-E on Instagram and on Twitter. You can uh, find my book, Create 100 Cocktails, a home bar guys deep dive into the art of cocktail creation in print on Amazon and as a PDF uh, on Gumroad. Uh, but they won't find this new drink here. They won't find this new no, drink. Sir. But if you like the sound of it, uh, or you want the recipe? I will. This will be on uh, in the show notes, uh, so just look there uh, if you're listening, and uh, also on our Instagram. Um, you can find the show on Where? social media okay. at on Twitter at at Gary and Elliot on Instagram at Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot on the web Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot dot dot fm. You can email us Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot at gmail dot com. Uh, and just to, to hit that uh, home one more time, you can support the show by uh, giving us a star rating, 503 stars. Oh, sorry, 501 stars yep. uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening. Um, you can also uh, make sure you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Um, the other thing that you can do 
uh, to help support the show is uh, put a, put our logo on your chest. You can put it on a tote bag. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying tattoo it on your chest. I mean, although you could. Yeah. You could if you wanted. Sure. I'm not, we're not going to stop you. No. But you can do it in the form of a T-shirt. Um, you can you can carry a tote bag uh, to the grocery store or perhaps the farmer's market. You can get a coffee mug. You can get a, a sticker, a lovely sticker with, with my face on it and Gary's face on it. Um, and you can put that on any anything you want. Um, uh, we won't stop you. There are no limits. No, there's no limits. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on the computer. Put it on the back of a, a stop sign. Put it on the front of a stop sign. Yeah. Deface we some don't pub- care. We don't care. Deface some public. Nothing's illegal. No, no. Nothing's mm-hmm. illegal anymore. Nope. nope. Look, it's your choice if you want to do it. We're not going to stop you, but we're not. We're, but but I don't know. Maybe think twice about that one. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you can do those things. You can find all this stuff, all this fine merch uh, at teespring.com backslash day drinking. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G back, uh, dot com backslash day drinking. Right now, 100% of the proceeds are going to uh, every town for gun violence. Uh, or, or, or for gun, sorry, every town for gun safety because it's yeah, they're, they're, that's, because that's of the mission because really because of gun, yeah it's really the opposite. It's every town for gun safety uh, because we've got a gun violence epidemic in this country and uh, we're we're doing our small part uh, that we can to help. Um, if you don't want to buy a t-shirt and you want to give to every town, that's also fine. We don't we're we're, we're totally cool with that. Um, and uh, I think I think that's it. I, I think, think we've done it all. Yeah, we haven't done it all. Because we did not introduce America to the brand new, the Dark Crystal. So we didn't do it all. This young man to my left and your right did. That's true. You got a good point. (laughs) Buddy, thank you. Thank you very much. I love what you're doing. Congrats on your fatherhood. Thank you. Uh, And just thanks for being here today. Entirely my pleasure. I'm a fan. Like, seriously. Seriously. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Bravo. Bravo, <laughs> my friend. Bravo. And speaking of bravos, uh-huh. if you're out watching the Atlanta Bravos baseball team <laughs> or, or the Los Angeles Dodgers uh-huh. and you're having a day drink yeah. and you're drinking in the day yeah. while you're having it, uh-huh. remember to do so responsibly. responsibly.